I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Oh. Sounds kind of good that way. Marky <laughs> Rosen. Wonder what he's up to. Welcome to Flagship Ford's uh, monthly car selling secret show. I'm joined in studio by Jordan Bohanic. Mike Gelfan. And Andy Brampernard. And Tommy. It's so weird to be here. I haven't done this in a while. It seems like a June. year. June was the last June? Time. Yep. It's just like falling off a bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's it still hurts. Yeah. It's like, well, it kind of feels like getting fired. That's right. <laughs> Jordan is a, a, is a buddy of mine that I met in the uh, boating world. We've known each other for a number of years. And as a tradition on Car Selling Secrets, we ask the in-studio guest to tell the story of their first car. Ah, first car. <laughs> first car. Ah, wow. Joy rides don't count. <laughs> 1981, Doug, where were you? I was graduating from McAllister College, spring of 81. 1981, Oldsmobile 98 Regency. Ooh. Kind of a sex wagon. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. Well, tell the story. I mean, there's yeah. got to be a good story. There is a story. You're a young man with a huge car with a giant back seat. The car had no brakes when I bought it, and it had very little when I sold it. Uh, it was a piece of junk from the day that I got it. And, uh, but boy, we had a lot of fun. Could take a lot of people, go a lot of places, use a lot of oil. Okay. I'm trying to pull this story out. Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> doing very well. Let me it's ask gonna be question. tough. Where did you grow up? Albert Lee. Oh, I love Albert Lee. Albert Lee. Yeah. I used to go down that, matter, matter of fact, I was, the last time I was, I drove through Albert Lee. I've been there many other times, but the last time I drove through it, we were on our way to Des Moines or something. I don't know where the hell we're going. But I was reminded because you go by the old Winnebago factory down there at the border. Yep. Really? They made them. I didn't know. They oh made yeah, those for Forest for City, Iowa. Forest City, Iowa. Huh. That's exactly right. Uh, when we drove by, all I could think of is Johnny Carson's great joke. <laughs> <laughs> the police force in Los Angeles have done a great job. They picked up a bunch of. A bunch of RVs, and now instead of Winnebago, it's called Bago Wino. <laughs> oh my God. That's seen, a great joke. Have you ever seen that documentary, Winnebago Man? No. Oh my God, it's hysterical. It's about the, a guy, and he's probably in his late 50s, early 60s, and he's making TV commercials and industrial videos for Winnebago, mm -hmm. and he's He's like the angriest person in the world, and he screws everything up and swears at everybody. It's hysterically funny. 
So find it on YouTube. It's called Winnebago Man. Winnebago Man. Yep. Works it's a guy. Me. It's a guy thing. Oh, it's a guy. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't okay. sit around the family. <laughs> who, who was it who turned me on to Lonesome Phil? Didn't one of you guys mention that? Lonesome movie? Jim, you mean? What's that? Lonesome Jim. Oh, Lonesome Jim. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah you, you I mentioned. love that movie. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Isn't that a great? And it got very poor ratings in the theaters. Didn't well, do anything. I can see where it wouldn't appeal to everyone. I mean, oh, but the God. depression jokes were hilarious. The depression jokes made me laugh like a son. Oh, yeah. I, they were like a, like three or four times when I just erupted into laughter. There's a point when the two brothers are standing, because they hadn't seen each other in a while, and they're leaning up against the wall, and they're talking to one another, not looking at one another. <laughs> oh, and I know they're talking this about one. this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> and one of the brothers, they're not making eye contact. They're telling stories. And one of the brothers says all of a sudden, you know, my life's trouble, but you're a goddamn disaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get it from. <laughs> That's where it came from. That's I exactly did watch right. that. Who was in that? Because I, I watched um, that a couple of years ago. I think Casey you told Affleck. me about it. That's right. Yeah. Casey Affleck, and who's the woman? Because she's phenomenal. Oh, yeah, she's the, you know, the dog, uh, Tyler, Tyler. Yeah, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler, yeah. 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 yeah Casey Affleck's great. I can't stand his brother. Everything bends in. Well, most just, people man. say it the other way around. Really? Well, Oh, Casey's yeah. phenomenal. Well, Casey's had some bad raps you yeah. know, out there. He but, has, that's true. But, but that movie, Lonesome But it was just Jim. hilarious, yeah. I love the fact <clears> that the, the one guy... He was so into depression. He had like a a, a bill, like a a bulletin board full in of his pictures, room, full of full of <laughs> famous people who were depressed or you know, committed suicide. Was, yep. And I can laugh about that stuff, you know, now all these years later. Well, remember what Liv Tyler did though. What was that? He literally the it was about as big as that window. It yeah. was all like <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. They're all sitting there just dourly, you brought up the word dour. <laughs> There's about. 50 people with, with these really sad and dour looks on their face. Uh, he says, I have to leave for about a half hour. I'll be back in about a half hour. He comes back in, and she had put a paper smile on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was a great movie. It, it was, yeah, a, a very a very subtle, great movie. I, I, I look at it the same way. It was really enjoyable. Why doesn't she act more? We, I just rewatched uh, that thing you do, the Tom Hanks movie about yeah. the the one-eighters in the 60s, and she's in that. She plays the, the lead guitar player's girlfriend. She's just great. She's a really good actress, I think. I'm just hoping she doesn't have toes like her father. Well, what, what, you know, what was you that? can wear shoes. You ever seen her father's toes? I, no. <laughs> His toes cross they're over like one another. Talons. Yeah, they're like talons. They cross over one another. It's like... Here my my foot. Like, what? Well, that's like a, a million-year-old <laughs> recessive gene. I got to ask, though, why would you wear sandals? Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> that's yeah. handy if you got to pick something up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> if you get Steven Tyler t- money, you could get your toes fixed. Steve's, yeah, really. Steve's got a buck or two. No doubt uh, about that. Sure. You get a toe job. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. All right, they're getting better, Mike. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that was more enjoyable. Yep, that's better than... So you didn't like the subtle stuff, in other no. words? No. The, the okay. Mike Pence one, I thought, yeah, it's... Yes. Um, there's a joke in there. It just, there's... Well, that's, and I'm that's not a right. writer. There's a joke in there. That's nice of you. Yeah, listen to him. I know. The comedy expert. He's a car salesman. Way to go, Doug. I know funny when I hear it, but I also know unfunny when I hear right. it. <laughs> I have to ask you a, que- a car question. Okay. Since you're the car guy, I see these 
ads all the time, you know, car commercials, car dealership commercials. And in the car dealership commercials, everybody is having a great time and they're grinning ear to ear like it's the most wonderful experience in the world. Uh, every 25 years or so I buy a car. It's a very serious experience. You don't go there to have a good time. What is with all that? What's with the smiling and the grinning? It's called lying. <laughs> literally people, what we do for so a living. Does the, do, the, do the people watching this at home say, I'm going to buy a car from that place because I want to have a good time? Well, yeah, I, that's certainly the intent. It's like the most, the most expensive thing you'll ever buy aside okay. from your house. Let's put you, this is, this is a very interesting question. So pretend you're the marketing director for mm-hmm. Mike's ad agency and a car dealer comes to you and says, I want you to make me a car commercial. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, unless I you can it. screw around on 10-minute live radio call-in spots and not talk about cars, I don't know how you make it sound good. But, but I'd like to see the customer you know, with a calculator in his hand. Right. You know, punching all the keys, crunching the numbers. That's, that's what would appeal to me. Okay, that'd make you come in. Did you ever see the commercials years ago <laughs> for the Honey Badger? Oh yeah, oh, oh, sure. the famous. Honey Badger. Th- those were great. No, th- that was there's an interesting story behind that. The guy that uh, the owner of that dealer group had the idea to do this. He wanted the ad agency that does Coca-Cola to do the ads. Johnson Automotive. Yeah. So he called. He can't get past the admin assistant. Oh, we don't get you know whatever the agency is. We don't do car commercials, that's terrible. So he figures out who the CEO is, what country clubs he goes to, he meets him in the bar, pitches the deal, and the guy says, sounds fucking awesome, let's do it. <laughs> and it was, if, you've ever, if you don't know, we've, we're talking about Google Honey Badger car commercials, and it's a uh, automaton Honey Badger about this big that just makes fun of everything in the car business and he's trying as the woman's looking to buy a car and got any wiggle room grab grab the mirror that's where you put your makeup on honey and you don't need to open the hood and Uh like the hands of a mechanic i'm on my popcorn break he's just the most offensive and it's great yeah it is good you know there's most of them are terrible and they end it every time tired of being badger yeah that's right you know there's a honey bear scandal in china really yeah, there's a... the sun bear. A, the, the sun bear. It's yeah. the sun bear. But, and the sun bears have... One of the things about the sun bears, which is a real species, they have, they have huge tongues. <laughs> it's, it's true. So that they can get the honey out of the beehives. Okay. Yeah. So there's this, this zoo. I think it's like in eastern <clears throat> China someplace. And uh, apparently the zoo, you know, they, they're having trouble. You know, they can't really afford a lot of animals. So... There's supposed so people are are claiming that the the sun bear there is actually a human being in a bear suit. I did see that yeah, this morning. A funny it just story, popped I thought, up. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't read it. And, it and, was... and I have to say, if it was actually if it was actually a bear, I'm assuming it really was a bear. It certainly does look human because they stand on their hind legs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that thing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yep. You got to look it up. You got to Google that just to see. It was it on the picture. news last night, I think. Was it? I saw it like a few days ago yeah, yeah, on the internet. It was on the yeah. news last night. But that bear is standing there and is like... <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? Crossing his arms. He crosses his legs. Or in, in, in one way, he's like, he's like reaching <laughs> like up into the heavens with yeah, his hands. He's doing this. He's yeah. like, what the hell? And, and it looks like he's just like... A, what it looks like is it's like a, a very skinny man. Cause yeah. In a, yep. in a suit, because the suit kind of like flaps around a little. 
but that's true of the honey the actual sun bear is they they do at certain times of the year you know they they look very skinny and 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 they're i think for it's it's for purposes of survival really that their skin kind of, and their fur kind of just hangs loose what do you got to get to unskinny well because 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 <laughs> yeah. gra- because you know because of another if if a if a predator you know, tries to eat them they'll just mm-hmm. get the 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 flesh there the flesh, and they can yeah. tear away yep. yeah that's true yeah i have a bear story yeah I was at a, a uh, automotive marketing uh, convention. It was just horrible and thinly attended. And we all had booths set up, and nobody's at a booth except for this one ad agency who had taken a small family-run business and made it explode internationally. And the company's name is Grizzly Milk. And it was started by one like of their that. forefathers in the late 1800s who got trapped in Montana in the mountains in a blizzard and wound up spending a month in a cave with a hibernating grizzly bear and survived on her milk. That's funny right away. But it's also funny, but it's also true. So That's they, crazy. They sell this stuff now. They got permission from the uh, DNR in Montana mm. to actually feed these bears because apparently when they're hibernating, they do kind of half wake up at times and they'll eat stuff. That So they yeah. feed them like strawberries and salmon because mm. it makes the grizzly milk Ew. It tastes better, <laughs> and they sell this stuff all over the world, hundred bucks an ounce. Wow! Wow! What it's a like, guy! What a guy present! It's though. like marriage. Isn't Happy it? Hanukkah, Mike. Here's some grizzly milk. <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do with this? It's but like, the booth was packed. It was brilliant marketing. Really. Isn't it like marriage? Don't you think? Yes. Because there's this inert spouse, which is, yeah. And you have to feed them, so they. T- Never mind. I'm I not think gonna go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's shift gears and but feel bad, Jordan. I dragged him all the way up, up here from Albert Lee. Uh, Jordan is also kind of a car guy in that he runs a uh, sales department of a heavy-duty truck dealership. What what oh. brands do you guys carry? We carry Volvo um, at the location I'm at, and okay. then we've also got Freightliner as well. So as you know, I'm kind of been fascinated by the move to battery-powered vehicles in the in the last year or so. And Sarah bought one, as you, I think you know. Volvo is is getting into that game too, aren't they? They are. It's becoming a big, big push in the market. Uh, in the truck world, you know, we're seeing a lot of different things start to come our way. Um, as the green movement is getting bigger and bigger. Um, but I know people that are in the trucking business, and they don't. I think environmentalism isn't on the top of their deal. It's all about. How can I cut costs, right? You know, we've got so, so many things happening right now. You know, you've got shortage of drivers. You've got shortage of time that the drivers can be on the road. And the issues become when you've got electric trucks, you know, you don't have the longevity to be on the road and go miles and miles and miles, yeah. you know. So we're seeing a lot of the electric trucks being put into uh, regional hall type settings because they're out and back at the evening and they can charge them and it works out good. Uh, but it, it's going to be some time before we start to see it in the long haul. So market. does Volvo have anything in production? Or are they still testing? Or? Oh, no, they're in production. Yep, there's actually some running around the Twin Cities. Wow. And they're 18-wheel tractor yep. trailers. Yep. Wow. Well, it's sure. inevitable anyway, right? I think so. It's crazy. You stand you stand <laughs> around <laughs> one, and the only thing you hear is the air dryer go off but the truck goes by and it's, you don't hear anything all you hear is the country western music <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> well there you go actually i've noticed a lot of truck drivers are east african now and there's a lot of eastern uh europeans and russians that seem to be truck drivers there is yeah Just tons of them it's we, a different i world. buy cars at dealer auctions all over the country and 
you go to a like a freight board and, and and find somebody to haul the load they're almost all either polish or, or russians now it's just crazy for sure and it for used sure. to be everybody was from alabama 25 years ago because <laughs> yeah. you couldn't understand them you can't understand the russians either but you know oh just stop by my neighborhood you'll learn oh <laughs> you russian jews living in the neighborhood mike uh well you know i mean most most Jews in this country, anyway, are Russian. Yeah, you know, that's they're, true. They're, yeah. They trace they're Ashkenazi Jews. Right. Yeah, that's right. So they trace back to Eastern Europe. In uh, in the case of a lot of us, they trace right back to the diaspora in Minsk, which is now part of Belarus, right, right. but was part of Russia. And yeah, they um, they're somewhat insular, though. Hmm? I have a question for you. There's a movie in which Brad Pitt plays, I don't know, a sergeant or a, a, some kind of officer in World War II. And he pronounces the word Nazi kind of like Nazi. I've heard thinking, that. Why would you get so close to Ashkenazi That's, uh, Jews? Is that Inglorious Bastards? It might be, yes. I think it was the Quentin Tarantino. But didn't movie. anybody tell him, I wouldn't pronounce it Nazi yeah. <clears throat> because Ashkenazis are Jews? Let's not go that route, no. shall we? That would make them Nazis. Thank you. Thank I'm, you I, I'm just everybody. Know, down, everybody I'm knows sorry. Brad's I'm a big anti-Semite. Big anti-Semite. That's, that's what it is. There's no question. About it. But I mean, you'd, you'd think you'd think it through yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's insensitive. So I, I agree. I have a Volvo story. So I got invited by Edmonds to go out to Google about eight or nine years ago in Palo Alto, and it's Google is really a weird place. It's got two different campuses. One is ultra modern, really cool buildings, and the other one was where they started. And it looks like they took a bunch of '70s singles apartment from Bloomington, you know, with the <laughs> kind of the white plaster on the outside and then the big dark boards. Oh, sure. And that's what it was. That's the where the original Google started. And this woman, who I'm sure was smarter than everybody in the room put together, was talking about how car dealers should market. And they said, here's an example of marketing creativity. And they showed that famous Volvo truck commercial. Now, you probably remember it. There's two semis right next to each other. And this guy named Jean-Claude Van Damme, who's Legs doing spread. the splits oh, yep. on the mirrors yes. as yeah. the trucks mm -hmm. back up and they're playing Enya. <clears throat> yep. And she says, this is really what you need to do. And I raised my hand. I said, you know, we don't, we're not like you guys. We don't have 80% net to gross. That's mm -hmm. a huge profit margin. Um, that's probably a $2 million commercial. That would be our marketing budget for the next 10 years. <laughs> so thanks for the idea, and I'd like to meet John if he happens to be around. Why don't you just do the splits? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know you I, I have to say, Doug, that wasn't very helpful. <laughs> I didn't think it was helpful at all. <laughs> that commercial got a lot of traction. Oh, it was awesome. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Very creative. For sure. Oh, I certainly remember it, yeah. I remember it. I just... Never remember what it's actually for. Well, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, but truck, yeah. it, it resonated with truck people. It like did. That. It actually was talking about Volvo dynamic steering. Oh. And, uh, Which, uh, and who doesn't get excited about no, that? Right? Right, no Mike? question. Oh, yeah, I'm, Go ahead, George. I just had to I didn't shift. Mean to cut you off. No. <laughs> so what is, what is it actually? Just their steering platform they use. Uh, just very precision steering. And it talks about, uh, you know, the commercials wanting to put together how precision and precise that the trucks can be that close together. They don't have, like, do you have joysticks on your boat, by the way? I do not. Oh, you loser. I don't either. You loser. You're a Carver owner. You guys got more high-tech stuff. So we were talking off-air about people from different political backgrounds getting along. Jordan, when I met him, he had his <laughs> boat right next to mine. And we got to be friends. He's got two young kids that are just fabulous. His wife's a sweetheart. 
Um, and he's flying the big Trump flag, and I'm like, okay, that's just that's the way it is. And it was about half the people on our dock are like that. I wake up one morning after maybe a couple of cocktails in the tiki. It's Sunday morning. There's this big fucking Trump flag hanging from my antenna. So I started pounding on the side of the boat. Bionic, wake up! Motherfucker! Get that thing off! You're you threatened my, you were going to get me a Richard Nixon flag. Well, no, I actually just got it because it's starting again, you know, as we lead up to the erection. election. Not erection. erection. Oh, oh. oh. Dr. Freud. <laughs> Dr. Sigmund Freud, mine too. Yeah. Um, well, that's what happens when you mention Volvos. Right. Uh, <laughs> Volvo, Volvo. Yeah, we got it. We got you're getting it, right? back yes. in the game. Yeah, well, <laughs> joke tally here. That's about number eight. It's not that easy to keep up, let's face it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I did get. I did send away to China for an I like Ike flag that I'm going to fly in the back. Of I the like boat. Ike. I actually have an I like Ike uh, button. Do you? From actually from 1952. It's probably worth a little uh, bit of yeah. Dollar. I would I think so. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, there's no real way to authenticate it, but that's true. Carbon dating. I suppose not. I guess the demand would uh, de- depend on how many people like Ike still. Yeah. Well, I like Ike. Yeah. I mean, I look back at Ike. I. I mean, I, I feel warm and fuzzy. I, wouldn't we all love to have him as president right now? I can't say I know one thing about him. I would agree with well, you. Well, he I helped think. win World War II. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, he did. Um, played a big part in that. And like, a, not all, but like a lot of soldiers that have been through that sort of stuff really came out of it as a, almost a pacifist. Yeah. Not really, but close. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's true, you he, know. I think lot. in his mind, we needed to do everything possible to prevent having to do that again. Yeah. And also, he was responsible for uh, building the interstate. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, Although that's right. the reason behind that was to move troops across Military, the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one of the reasons, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also so that you could build a lot of motels that would eventually become obsolete. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the right. clover leaf. Yeah, yeah, so they, the clover yeah, leaf. Oh, <laughs> well, it was, uh, there, were, there were at least a couple of uh, Minnesota Twins players who really liked that motel. I don't know what you're talking I, about. <laughs> <laughs> the Cloverleaf Motel. Barked like a dog. It was like built like right on the Cloverleaf. It was. Yeah. It was on the Cloverleaf. It's like on the almost like on the grass of the Cloverleaf. Yeah. And how that's soundproof how were was. the windows and doors? I'm hoping very. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it was, uh, and it was classier than the. Uh, remember the Cosmopolitan Motel? Sure. It's uh, and the Cosmopolitan Motel. It was pink. Yeah, it was pink. And that's the sign exactly in front right. said Cosmopolitan. Motel, and then in quotes it said, "It's pink." <laughs> Again, now that's more marketing. great marketing. Yeah. Talk about branding, huh? Yeah, they got it all figured <laughs> in out. In case you didn't figure it out. Ah, no quite. Well, I think I've told you this before. When I was in seventh grade at St. Anne's, our house burned to the ground, and they put us up at the Cloverleaf Motel. Oh, really? Did Absolutely. you get any, any autographs signed? <laughs> no, there was a lot of noise, though, I will tell you that. Yeah, I went up and yeah. You know, apparently, uh, Bobby Allison used to entertain <clears throat> at the old Hopkins house. Entertain? And when they, yeah, apparently he was quite an entertainer. <laughs> um, and when they tore it down, one of the, the guy I know took one of the bricks and he gave it to his son as a memento. I'm like, oh, and the oh. son's a friend of mine. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Bob Allison, Allison's son? Yeah. Oh, God, that's cold. Yeah, he runs, Funny, uh, he runs Hopkins Honda. Oh, he's gen- okay. He's really, his name's Kyle. He's really just a great guy. And Bob sold cars in the off season. People don't realize that, but yeah. all those guys back in that era, the, when the twins first came to town, they could not survive on their twin salaries. Yeah. They had to have win- uh, winter jobs. That's right. Well, and, and all of us who... who um, collected uh, uh, baseball cards um, like in for me it would have been I was born in 1950 so in the late 50s or so and on the on the on the back of the card they would always have many of them would would have just you know there wasn't room for a lot of information there mm-hmm. but they would they would say things like uh, uh, Bill digs graves in the off season. <laughs> wow! I mean, that was it. Some of the guys were grave diggers, and and a lot of them, of course, were sales guys. That was the perfect job, you know, because to be, you know, if, well, first of all, of course, it doesn't take any skill to be a sales guy. Right. Yeah. yeah what do they say if you can't do sell? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. It's <laughs> number That's nine. A nice yeah. Keep going. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so no, but it, a lot of them. A lot of them had sales jobs, and and I think a lot of them, some the ones who really made out had like you know like like beer distributorships. Oh, you know, oh yeah, oh yes, yeah, right. And that's like having having a you know a gold brick. So pretty God. pretty cool stuff. Those were the days, man. Can you imagine what it must have been like? What year was it that that Babe Ruth signed that hundred thousand dollar a year? Nineteen eighteen, I think. Is it that late? Can you imagine it how much money that was back 18. then? No, I don't think the I don't think I think they paid the Red Sox that hundred thousand. But he got a hundred grand a well, year. Well, yeah, and because yeah. you know you know the story behind it, one of the stories. What's that? Uh, he he uh, someone said to him, hundred thousand dollars. That's more than the president makes. And you and remember said, what his response was? I do was? remember what he said. Give me the response. No, no, you do it. 
Well, he said, basically what he said was, I had a better year. I had a better year. (laughs) (laughs) And he did. And he did, by the way. Well, sure, yeah. But now you got guys making 30, 40 million, 50 million a year. It's it's funny, you say 100,000 must have been a lot of money back then. You said 1918? Yeah. Uh, It's actually $2 million. That's all? So by comparison, yeah, modern, no, you're right. That's modern athletes are doing pretty well. Well, we got to remember, though, in, in 1918, <clears throat> they didn't have TV rights. That is true. That's true. So, yeah, that's right. So it's all it's all relative, but yeah. yeah I guess it was. It's all, still a lot of money. The only revenue was ticket sales, really. Mm-hmm. They yeah. probably hadn't invented the merch table yet. So probably nah. some radio appearances or something yeah, like probably. that. Probably. Yeah, radio. Yeah, there, they, there were radio you deals. You think they hawked stuff back then? I don't I know. Wonder. I don't thinks they did i don't i certainly you know i don't think it was till the 30s that athletes started doing ads for lucky strike and no, oh god I remember that cigarette ads but yeah i remember those when i was a little kid cigarette i'm joe dimaggio ads. and i smoke lucky strike <laughs> yeah. well that's, three out of four doctors do that's right yeah. let's not forget that that's like the uh the james dean uh, commercial for sports cars yeah sports yeah. cars yep. <laughs> he didn't exactly say you know you can go as fast as you want but it was but Ironic was, in the end. It was like a couple of months apart, too, wasn't it? I think it was, His yeah. endorsement, and then he got killed in a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoops. Yeah. Well, you know, good. the thing about James mm-hmm. Dean, the way he acted, with he acted with a lot of irony. Yeah. So it was almost appropriate. So you're saying, wasn't that good? Yeah. <laughs> 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 poor guy. Yeah, been the dead poor for guy. You. The been dead that? for you. I don't know. They've been banging on that wall now for They've about five years. They've been working on this place for years. I know. It's been years. It never stops, in. ever. Honest to God, what are you going to do? Remember Tim Conway's bits where he'd play like the world's oldest fireman? <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> I think you got the same thing with the construction. Yeah, maybe. You might Get be right hammer. about that. I mean, he, what a sweetheart of a man that guy was. Talked to him a couple Had him on was the he? show a couple of times. Just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Very sincerely nice. Is he the one that did discount air? Where the seat shook? I don't remember that. God, I don't either. Probably, though. Yeah. Those guys, Harvey Corman and he together, forget uh, about it. The dental skit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. And, I, and, I, and, and early Saturday Night Live was kind of like that, too, in that they'd always try to crack each other up. Yeah, they, they go me. a little too far because, you know, they then they'd pretend to break out of character and laugh. Oh hysteria. yeah, right. That's one of the cheapest tricks ever. Yeah, I don't like that. No, either. when right. Harvey Corman would when when Harvey Corman would start to crack up, you could it seemed like it was real. It seemed like it. Yeah, that's true. You got to hand it to Carol Burnett, man. She put that whole deal together. She yeah. went out and got each one of those people individually, and what a talent she was. Yeah. What was that deal? So she had to sue some guy because didn't he say that she was. Try to smother kids to death or something. What? Now yeah. we, for another exciting adventure, of Andy looks up shit on the internet for old people. Yeah, she had to sue some guy because he was talking shit about her, and I can't remember what it was about. What's her name? Carol Burnett. Oh, you're talking oh about Carol Oh, my God. Carol who? I wasn't that's paying how attention. Old we, that's, no, I'm just talking about how old I am compared to you. Well, Carol Burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T. Yeah, two T's. Two T's. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would be Burnett. Yeah, she's still alive. She's still alive, but... So. Yeah. Who was the guy that she got in a battle with? Who'd she have to sue? Uh, she sued National Enquirer. That's what it oh, was. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Now, what'd they say about her? That she was a uh, drunk or something? Yeah. Oh, that's she, right. Something yeah. about say her being a drunk, drunk um, <laughs> and eating too much. And eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got nothing better to That's do. That's the worst sin in Hollywood. <laughs> you ate well, too Well, apparently, much. so they took pictures of her taking desserts off of a neighboring table in a restaurant. But apparently the context was she was trading her dessert for theirs. But they just got a picture that made her look like she was scavenging desserts off of people's tables. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you and Carol Burnett, yeah. damn it. Boy, there's a way to get blacklisted, huh? Yeah, yeah. steal dessert. She ate someone's dessert. People. And, well, that's the problem with the world. If you become successful and famous at the same time, you're going to have to pay. That's well, all and, there is to and, it. And it seems like one of the big things now is that people are throwing heavy objects at people on stages. Yeah, that's Would you explain they've that always to me? done that, though. Well, well, not no, like but, this, but, but it used to be tomatoes. No, it's cell phones. Yeah, now it's cell phones. I was at a Frank Zappa show in the 70s, and somebody did that, and Frank stopped the band and just motherfucked the guy for about yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> well, and he should. He says, if you ever do that again, we are out of here. No, I don't blame Somebody gets severely hurt, man. Yeah. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah, this is, this is not, not oh, yeah. humorous. A 70s cell phone. God. <laughs> well, it, have, I don't remember what the guy threw. That was but. a big old giant brick in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And there are also people. Here's one right here, the it cell phone. There's an entire hey, booth. You know? yeah. I'm going to throw my iPhone negative 20 at <laughs> That's you. right. Did you see the article about the American Airlines pilot that just let the, the uh, passengers have it? Tell huh. him because of conduct on the plane. Oh, okay. He sat down and said that this is my plane. This is how it's going to be run. And he went on. It was actually quite funny, but uh, you'll have to research it. He said that the gift I'm giving everyone in the middle seat are both of your armrests. Use them. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it went on and on, but it's uh, definitely something to take a look at. And if they don't cooperate, he's going to have an emergency landing in Kokomo. Kokomo, baby. <laughs> everyone stay on the plane. I'll be back in three days. <laughs> 11? <laughs> That'd be nice. Well, 11. I'm just writing down Mike's jokes. Oh, he gave you 11. That's pretty good. No, no, good. I'm counting them. That's what I'm saying. Hmm, he's hot. He's, he's on fire. Spent an hour with comedians, and it's just like his old self is coming back. That was wonderful. God, that was a great day today. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I want to hear what it's like going from that other joint to where you are now. Things are good, I'm it, assuming. It, it, it's totally different. I mean, I have a different <clears throat> job Um and, and I'm talking about the retail side, not the computer side. So it's a small store. You get to know everybody really well. The hours are decent. I mean, we close at 5.30 or 6 during the week, and we're open five hours on Saturday. And, um, and it's fun. Uh, but you do see stuff out in the country that you don't see uh, in Bloomington. Uh, we were talking about Amish people. There's a big Amish community in oh, Baldwin, yeah. and you'll see them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the guy says, hey, look at the wheels on that one. And this guy... <laughs> Not, they're not rickshaws. What are they? Carriages or whatever. So do you sell used horses? No, we do. We do. We do not sell horses. Although the things that you wind up sponsoring as a country dealer, oh, sure. a lot of people oh, don't I know bet. this, but car dealers for get a lot of shit. Most of it's uh, um, earned, but they also usually support their local communities pretty well. It's the you know the little league baseball team, so on and so forth. But out there, we do like cattle auctions and stuff like that mm-hmm. so we had to sign up to sponsor a uh, farm kids animal and pay a thousand dollars for it at the auction and then they butcher it and then they divide it up amongst the employees so that's that's not really the toyota experience it's don't very say that in front of andy today it's a bad day to tell him about that uh-oh why yeah dad why 
Uh, what happened to your frozen meat section at the house? Oh, yeah. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> about a week ago, unbeknownst to us, Ethan decided to play with the dial on the freezer. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. My little sister used to do that to my goldfish. I come oh. into my room and they're all... <clears throat> yeah. It's about 120 degrees in the tank. Yeah, so naturally, of course, he decided to turn it counterclockwise right. to zero. And, of course, it was like 100 degrees last week, so... Yeah, a couple days ago, Melissa, we're having friends over. So she's like, oh, we have all this steak. I'll get some steak out of the freezer and we'll have it. And then, no, turns out it had all thawed. It was all just past the point of uh, refrigeration, so we couldn't save any of it. Oh, but it didn't reek. Uh, no, not yet, but it does now, now that it's in our garbage can. I had to take the garbage can down to the end of the driveway three days early just yeah. because our garage smelled so bad. My grandmother used to live in Wellesley and would spend all her summers up at this place in Maine. And my mom and my sisters were up there with her, and, you know, she hadn't been home to Wellesley in a couple of months. And we drove back. We were going to stay overnight in her townhouse and then drive back to Minnesota. Power went out, and... Mm-hmm. There, like two months before oh, oh my god he walked in the door and we thought that somebody had been killed but it was just the fridge so yeah it's surprising how quickly that, that can smell very very bad that just happened on our boat last week oh did it really, really? we had been gone two weeks and uh, thank goodness the neighbors have uh, really good noses because <laughs> they're the ones that figured out the problem mary and mary yes and uh the smell was very apparent from a couple boats down. I learned the hard way that people with dementia lose their sense of smell. Yeah. I learned that when I went over to my dad's house, and my dad never turned the air conditioner on. So there had been a piece of uh, a, a piece of fish, oh, leftovers God. of the fish, and oh, he had God. he had uh, he had thrown the fish, the piece of fish, into a garbage can. Oh. Uh, and a, it was like it was 90 degrees outside, but it was about 95 inside. And I walked into the house, and it was Ooh. overpowering. Well, he couldn't smell it. He couldn't smell it, no. God, isn't that amazing? I wondered why he couldn't get a date. So I guess that must have been the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't use a lot of cologne, is that what you're saying? Just, you know, nothing, nothing worked, yeah. Anybody no. has any good... Rotting flesh stories. Call the talk and text line. Yes, <laughs> rotting flesh stories. Apparently, everyone's got one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suppose. I suppose they probably do. Yeah, I just found out about that last night. That was almost a quarter of a cow, too, wasn't it? Well, we bought the quarter, but then we gave half to you. Oh, that's right. So it was an eighth, but we've also been because that was like what? It's got to have been two months ago at this yeah, point, if months, not yeah. longer. So. You know, an eighth of a cow minus two months of eating it probably once or twice a week. So, I don't know, probably about half of that. So, can you get your eighth back? No. From him? I don't think we're going to. Oh, from them? (laughs) Well, honestly, apparently you guys haven't been doing a whole lot of eating. That's true. You could probably come and pick some up at the house. (laughs) That's very very true. Yeah. I thought you meant like cow steak insurance or something. No, we didn't take that out. Remind me again how old Ethan is. Is he? He is 21 months okay, in four days. Too. 21 months. So when you yelled at him, die. did he start to cry? <laughs> what? When you yelled at him, did he start to cry? Oh, he's not quite at that age yet okay. where he really understands consequences or yelling. I suppose not. Oh, but of course, uh, so Melissa goes out there, discovers that the steak is all ruined, comes back in, 
and Ethan had catapulted his full bowl of oatmeal into the kitchen. <laughs> and I am out the door because I have to go to work. Oh, God. So it was not a good morning to be Melissa. <laughs> I wiped Ethan off and got his clothes changed before I left, but still. And, of course, Daisy helped. She ate the oatmeal off the ground. When my oldest cousin, who I think is born in 1950 as well, Tommy, was about that age, his parents loved to listen to Arthur Godfrey. Oh, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. My aunt came around the corner just to see young Tommy had climbed up on top of the refrigerator, Philco in his hands, saying, Afagafa, no good, and threw the radio <laughs> off the top of the refrigerator onto the kitchen floor. Now that's Smash a little bit. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of breaks in the, in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Afagafa, I like Afagafa. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. I remember those, uh, those like eight-inch black and white Philcos. Yes. Well, this was not a TV. It was the the, the, the radio. Radio. Yeah, yeah same yeah. thing. The big, but they, you know, fake they, light the radios, of course. The TVs were small, but the radios were big. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Philco made TVs though. Yeah. yeah. Well. Oh no, I'm, they did. I yeah, that's you know that's how I made my first bet. On a Philco. It was my uncle Sal, <clears> and we <throat> were at my grandmother's house on Eighth and Newton. And we North were, Minneapolis. North Minneapolis. Pen ready in case this is joke number twelve. I'm no, it's not. It's, no, this this one is not a joke. Um, and uh, and so uh, my my uncle Saul, uh, who was um, he wasn't a popular guy within the family. I'll just put it that way. Okay. My, my dad especially loathed him. But that's another story for another time. And uh, so uh, Uncle Saul was was uh, he he had he turned on the Philco. And it was the it was the Friday night fights, the Gillette Friday oh, night sure. fights, you know. Yep. And uh, so I figured I wandered in. I thought, well, this could be interesting. You know, I think I was five. And um, so Uncle Saul said, uh, "You got a penny?" I said, "Yeah, I got a penny." He said, "What do you say we make a little bet on the fight?" So I said, "Yeah, that's cool." I said, "Fine." And I reached into my pocket, which was full of lint and various objects, and there was a penny there. I said, "Yeah, here's the penny." He said, "I'll hold it." I should have known I was in trouble then. Yeah. He said, well, who do you like? And I pointed to the black guy, right? He said, no, I got him. You got the other guy <laughs> who was white. And, uh, That's nice. And the white guy uh, was knocked unconscious like, you know, 38 seconds into the fight. And uh, that was my first bet ever. He kept the, he kept the penny. And uh, as, I, as I always say, it's not a joke, but I always say, ever since I've been trying to get that penny back. Um, but that was my Uncle Saul. My, my dad, the reason my dad hated Uncle Saul was my dad was working as a sports writer at the Pioneer Press, and he was covering boxing, which wasn't a bad beat to have. Oh, you know, back in then, the 50s, no, yeah. absolutely. And uh, Uncle Saul, he, uh, he was, a, among other he was a barber, very bad barber. And he cut people. He's a bad boy. No, they needed a cut man just just for the customers at the barber shop. Now that's a joke. That's a, that's how bad. Yeah, you're right. Twelve for sure. Twelve. But I just 12. but that was spontaneous. I will okay, in my right. defense. And, and uh, it was one of your better ones. <laughs> they usually <Ooh>. are. <laughs> and uh, so um, Uncle Sal comes into the uh, into the pa- into the paper and he's promoting some you know some B grade fight. And uh, at the at the armory, and he hands my dad. He says, "Oh, I, I got a press release. I got this fight coming up." And my dad said, "Fine, just give it to me, Saul." And Saul left. And my dad opened up the envelope, and there was a five dollar bill in there. Ooh! And my dad never spoke to him again. Really? Yep. 
Why? Because he hated him for trying to bribe my dad. Well, I suppose. Uh, you, you had to know my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think he, I ever met your dad. What's that? I don't think I ever met your dad. I don't think you did. I don't. I don't remember it no, anyway. No, but he enjoyed the he enjoyed the show. Yeah, that's what I heard. That Radio he liked show. the show. He, yeah. he would say, "Oh, you were really on today," or he'd say, "Yeah, that Bernard, he was funny today." As he opposed never to other that. days, you're making that up. Yeah, so other, yeah. No, as no, opposed he, to four he, out of five. He would say that, and the funny thing about <clears throat> it is, almost everything about the show had to offend him. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I would imagine. Different generation. Yeah, different generation. But he, you know, he got used to it. Stop hanging over the, over your joke pad. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got the pen in his hand. There's going to be another one. Because I, I think I told <laughs> you. I don't want to miss it. It's like lightning. <laughs> I told you. The, I think I told you the story, but my dad, you know, he, he loved the fact that I was a journalist mm-hmm. because he had been a sports writer, but he, he never wanted to be a, he, you know, he never wanted me to be a sports writer. But he did want me to be a journalist, just not a sports writer. Okay. So anyway, so you know. Because he'd you know, compete with him. What's that? Because you'd compete with no, him. No, because he he just thought sports writing was corrupt and stupid. Mm. Well, it, it is. Was he wrong? He was not wrong. No, <laughs> was he was he definitely. Wrong? A, it's not corrupt anymore. It's just stupid. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Say that to Roger Angel. There you go. Yeah, who, by the way, uh, my my friend Neil Carlin told me, Neil's you know journalist himself, mm-hmm. and uh, and he worked he worked in New York for many years. He said Roger Angel was one of the worst human beings. Was he ever really? Met. I yeah. I read him in the New Yorker. I know all the you would time. never think that, right? Great. He was yeah. a great writer. I thought. No, I absolutely yeah. But he was a. Just an asshole, huh? Yeah, apparently he was like everybody hated the guy, but he didn't. He wrote like he was the sweetest guy yeah. in the world. Yeah, it was very insightful and it was great prose style. And so anyway, so eventually, then then I you know the internet came along and then papers merged and 
I, I just sort of failed into radio, thanks to Tom. Yeah, failed in radio. That's uh, my fault. And there I was. And there I was, like about ten years later, and you know I was, I was making pretty good money, and I was having a great time. I loved the job. My dad called me up and he said, uh, "I just heard there's an opening on the Pioneer Press business desk." <laughs> oh, get over there. Yeah, where, right. where dreams go to die. Yeah, yeah I just... Uh, What's new with Cargill? Yeah, it's... Uh, I, you know, I'd been a business writer once, and of course it was for a slightly better paper, but... You wrote for the journal, didn't you? Yeah, 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 and that part of it was awful. So anyway, that was my dad. That was... I have so many dad stories. And later, some other day I'll tell the story about about how he um, put put the local corner grocer out of business. <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's another day I'll tell that. Story. I have a question for you. When yeah. you worked at the Star Tribune, the old building. I worked at the Tribune, yeah. Yeah, the Tribune. I always like that's to right. say that because that's right. don't want to There were different Morning Star and the Afternoon Tribune. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Did you ever uh, encounter Shouting John when you would leave that building? Because he was all around, always around that building. He wrote letters to me. Oh, that's right. You told me he wrote yeah. letters to you. He wrote hate letters to to some of us, yeah. Do you guys know who Shouting Yeah, Dan no, is? we've talked about him before. I think I remember him, I think, yeah. at Dayton's one time. He was screaming gospel verses or something like that. He Occasionally, he would wind up in the hospital. Yeah, he would, absolutely. Yeah, he was, if I remember, but I mean, when he, he probably but, pretty clearly. But when he wasn't, he was walking all over town. When I was a busboy at Donaldson's Garden Room, which was oh, on the sure. fifth floor of the old Donaldson's building, yeah. he would come in to have lunch. And he would get down on his knees in front of the booth, and he would say his pre-meal prayer, and nobody ever bothered him about that because oh, everybody good. understood sure. that it was shouting John. And the last time I ever saw him, he was walking past the Tribune Star Tribune building. He's just walking along, and he walked. Remember how stiff he walked? Yes, yes. very stiff. Very walking. well, very erect. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, he's very erect, and he's walking along like this, and all of a sudden he just goes. Washington apples are the best goddamn <laughs> apples in the world. Yeah. Like, oh. He had that stentorian voice. <laughs> he did. He talked yeah. a lot about the weather. Yeah, he talked about the weather all the time. He talked yep. about the weather and how, yep. how, how someone said that it was the, uh, you know, that yesterday was the, was a, was a high, uh, all-time high. And then he'd say, that wasn't a goddamn all-time high. <laughs> that was on April, <laughs> April 19th, you know, and he'd go on with that, yeah. Mike, I was talking to my daughter the other night, and I wish you had been there. <clears throat> she is about to go off for a third year of college. Uh, oh, and the first two was, was in London, mm -hmm. where she was studying international business, and then her third year, she's going to Korea for the whole year. It doesn't oh, even come over Christmas. Wow. Ooh. And we were talking about uh, you know money and, and college costs, and, and her mom and I have told both kids, we'll get you through undergraduate school debt-free. If mm -hmm. you want to go to grad school, it's, you know, it's going to be on your own. Well, we'll, you I know. told my, my oldest son the same thing. Yep. He's still, by the way, in debt. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> nice. and Ellie, is, she's just a high-performing student, but she's still kind of insecure so she started crying she goes dad i'm, I'm gonna have to gra go to grad school i'm not sure what i want to do and i said well hon, I, you don't have to decide your life right now you just turned 20 mm -hmm. there's a lot of days ahead of you, hopefully right i said so what kind of things are you interested in and that's when she said the following words that made my heart just crack 
well, I'm thinking about journalism. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better Anything think about it quick because yeah. AI is coming around the corner. Yep. Well, there mm-hmm. still are a few journalism schools. Yep, I know there are. But, so. you know, but, like, they don't like to use the word journalism anymore. Right. Because, and, and I've been told that there was a survey done of the uh, of all the students. There's quite a few, you know, who... who uh, who are majoring in some form. It's not like, you know, they don't even call it that anymore. It's like mass communications. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the School of Journalism is now the Hubbard School of Mass Communication or something right. like that, right? right. Yeah. And um, so they did a survey, like, and there were, like, you know, 400 kids. And uh, and they asked, you know, one of the thing, questions they asked them was, well, do you, do you want to work in journalism? And there was something like five who said yes. And really? Ellie could do it. I mean, she's always, ever since she was five, and I taught her to type on her great-grandmother's 1935 Smith Corona. Oh, she's yeah. always had the gift of being able to write. But I, I you It's know, a great aspiration was, yeah. because there are newspapers. Yeah. And, of course, you can be a journalist in various media, too. But um, but if she if she would like to be a, a real journalist who works for a newspaper, I mean you know you got you got to aim high. But she sounds yeah. like the kind of person. Well, who would. yeah, she'll have some worldly experience in it. But I I also think she'll wind up in law school. It's just mm. she's working part time for this firm mm. for the last two years, and they've already got her writing briefs. And when she was a freshman in college, and yeah, that's uh, well, that's so who knows. That's where my oldest son wound up in law school. I said, you know, if you're fluent in Korean and you've traveled all over the world and you know about it, you could work for the CIA, they'd probably take in a second. Oh, yeah. They'll probably recruit her. I'm not sure I want to kill people. I said, not everybody in the CIA is on the extermination end of the equation. I have a feeling they'll probably get in touch with her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be a very interesting job being like a janitor at the CIA. Because, like, if you have to clean all the rooms where they keep all their top-secret files, yeah. like, what does a guy follow you around making sure you don't... Yeah, they have, probably have... How does that work, I wonder? janitorial janitors that are CIA agents that well, yeah, go I, through uh, and hide all the stuff. A janitor exactly. who has to have security clearance. Or they do things clearance. like this. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you definitely do, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No yeah. question Wouldn't about that it. be funny if you're a janitor and you can say, honestly, I have top-secret clearance? <laughs> I've been in rooms that people don't even know exist. Trump tried that. It hasn't worked well. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought of that immediately, too. <laughs> See, what I thought of was one how for crooked Doug, the FBI is. For so Mike. there you go. <laughs> it's unfortunate. That all those agencies are so crooked now. It's un- and it's got to, I'm not referring to Trump here, mm. but my God, I, I just, well, I told you my one experience with the FBI. Well, I remember when they came into the old studio. Yeah. Remember what they said to me? No. Because I had some a pretty sizable amount of money stolen from me, right? Oh. And the FBI came in and talked to me, and she said, uh, yeah, we have really important stuff to do, and you got enough money. Oh, wow. Well. Like, really? That's so nice. the law doesn't work for me. Oh, okay. That's great. You have enough money to, for them not to care, but you don't have enough money for them to care. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because this guy clearly doesn't know what a thinking voice is either. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right about that. Yeah. No, I just I thought, how corrupt are you? Yeah. Well, that's really terrible. It's terrible. And, and then right now, every institution in our country is being demeaned. And, you know, every time. Every time that happens, it makes them, of course, it makes it harder for them to recruit good, honest people. Good, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. 
Shut them down. Close the doors. Yeah, well, that, and that I, won't work you know, I no. really believe in the three-legged stool, the balance of powers, and I, I've yep. got friends in Israel that are just freaking out right now over what's going well, on. The whole there. Whole like, half the country's freaking out. I just out. hope this doesn't happen here. It's well, I, you can see it as a possibility. What's it's, he trying to do, it or what's he doing? Well, the, basically, they passed. I don't know if it's a <clears> legislate that. Israel doesn't have a very strong constitution. Right. In fact, I don't even they don't have, have a constitution, no. Right. So they're having a constitutional the crisis, but no constitution. Right, is, has said that they can overrule their Supreme Court if they mm. find the rulings to be unreasonable. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you really need that balance of power so nobody, whether it's the Supreme Court or the executive branch or legislative, gets out of control. I think yeah. that was one of the brilliant things that the founders of this country figured out a long time ago. Yeah, but it doesn't work anymore. There's no balance we're, anymore. We're they testing they it. Want. Well, the Supreme Court, yeah, we're testing the Supreme it Court is so corrupt, and that's, that's They're one all of the just problems. corrupt. All of them are corrupt. Well, I mean, it happens with our guardrails, and uh, I mean, it, go, it goes. You know, it's we can talk about this all day, and we can all blame someone else. But it's the there's fact plenty is, of blame to go around. There's plenty, of, yeah, plenty to go around. Yeah. And in Israel, what's what's <laughs> happening is Bibi wants to dismantle the Supreme Court yeah. because mm -hmm. he's a criminal, and he's already been indicted. Yeah. And that, the story goes on from there. Strong men. It's about strong men. Strong men are very, uh, it's, it's a great era for strong men. But I was explaining to somebody, and they go, so they're really upset? I said, yeah, a million people marched from ah, it's incredible. Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which is about 25 miles, and June in Israel is not like the no. garden place of the world. No. It's about 110 oh, God, degrees. Yeah. It's like Phoenix. Hard. Yeah, that's right. It would be like marching from Phoenix to Tempe a million people in the middle of the day. They're... they're they're yeah, you can as you off. as you walk, you can see the carcinoma growing. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of, I was try, literally, I'm very serious about this, trying to picture in my head somebody in our government who isn't corrupt. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Honest to God, these are the filthiest people of all time, maybe of all time. That's sad. I'm, I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, good luck to well, you. Well, there's an awful lot of awful, awful lot of them who we just never hear about. Well, that's true. I'm sure you're right. And they're that. probably the ones who are the most honest. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right because all the other ones love to point out the fact that they've done so well. <clears throat> I don't. I don't agree with them politically, but I would say I would not think that Mike Pence is a corrupt person. No, it probably. But he's also not probably qualified to run the country either. I don't know that he's strong enough. Yeah. Well, if yeah. he's not qualified to run the country, then I'll vote for some. Oh, oops. <laughs> oops, what are you going to do? Yeah, there are a lot of clowns there. But, you know, these, these, these presidential debates have always been clown shows. Yeah, they have. That's true. So it's not going to be any different. I miss, uh, uh, who was the, God, what's his name? He was the the last somewhat legitimate third party candidate in the eighties. Oh, uh, um, you're talking about our, the, our the he had the charts and stuff that yes. explained the economy. He was I liked. Didn't him, he go actually. with an initial and then a name? And yeah, the last I think so. Yeah, what was his name. Well, our, Andy will come up with it. Andy second. knows. Yeah. Was that 1984? That's about right. I need some more clues. Third party uh, presidential nominee. H. Ross Perot. H. Ross Perot. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Texas. Yeah. Short guy from Texas. He had a shitload of money on oil. Yeah, that was the 92 <clears throat> campaign. 92. That was 92, oh, wow. really? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. who, who was his uh, vice president? 
Uh, oh, it was the admiral, right? The guy who fell asleep, right? Yeah. Admiral Byrd. Yeah, he had no, he had <laughs> he, no he idea what he was doing. He was supposed to be debating, and he fell asleep. He fell asleep. James Stockdale. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, Stockdale, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well. He was an ad a vice admiral. Although he probably got Clinton elected, because I think he got 10% of the vote, didn't he? He got yeah, 19% of the vote. 19%? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. Wow, that's, I didn't remember that at all. That's scary. Well, he got zero electoral votes, but he still right. got 19% right. of the vote. Yeah, but he probably influenced a lot of the electoral votes. Well, there's no question Yeah, he about flipped that, a few yeah. of them for sure, yeah. That well, that's why. That's the famous why. line. It's about the economy, stupid, because Bush had just won the Gulf War. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Six yeah. months later, we go into recession, everybody goes, you're done. Well, it's he stopped working. I mean, let's be honest. George W. Bush stopped working for like the last year of his presidency. Did he really? He just didn't do anything. He huh. was chopping lumber, lumber a lot of the time. Yeah, he was chopping. Yeah. He was out there chopping. Uh, excuse lumber. me, aren't you president? <laughs> yeah, I, you well, Reagan so. did a lot of. Well, Reagan, that was kind of cool. but he had the Alzheimer's excuse. So. Well, I don't think he had it back then. He, he did in the, the second term, yeah. yeah I, I mean, think he, so. He, well, if you look at the arc of it, I mean, two years afterwards, he basically can't speak. And yeah. He's, yeah. So, ob and, you know, in most and cases. we have the same thing now. In most cases, of. Alzheimer's, you know, it develops over the course of many mm -hmm. years. Yeah. 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 And we've got the same thing now. Nobody can function anymore. It's really sad. There have to be better candidates than the one we got now. Well, there definitely are, but do they have the money? Do they attract That's the donors? That's the whole problem. It's, it's like, all about money. It's like, who was it? One of the local congressmen, uh, Phillips. Oh, Dean, Dean Phillips. Phillips, yeah. He, you know, and I, I think he's, I don't have any problem with him, but. That's just because he's Jewish. Well, he, yeah, <laughs> and he's, he's also, he's, he's, he's a mainstream Democrat is what he is. He's a what? Yeah, he is. I would say that's he, he, What is he? Mainstream Democrat. He's a mainstream Democrat, and he, uh, but he announced recently that there are. He said that he's he's thinking that he might want to run for president. Yes. Because he's got he's got people who are urging him to run. Now, if you of course decipher that, that Trending means at 1%. there's rich people who are willing to That's finance. Willing to finance it. That's exactly right. But but that money tends to run out very quickly. You know what's sad about that? I heard, and I can't remember where I heard this. I cannot remember. But somebody said, oh, he'd never win. He's too homely. <laughs> yeah. God, that's kind of cold. Well, and the other thing, of course. As opposed to the last couple of sex machines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, precisely. That, it's like the story I always tell about my mother saying, you know, Mike, you are. You're so smart. You're, you know, you can, you can do anything you want. And I would say, well, uh, I don't know. I, well, could I could I be a lawyer? Oh, you can be a lawyer. I say. Well, what about a, a really great doctor? She says, yes, you can be a great doctor. Sure. How about a, how about if I was a, a U.S. senator? She said, you can be a senator. Well, could I be president? No, that you can't be. Never. There's never been one, and never there never will one. be one. Oh, there'll be a Jewish no, president. No, never. Be Absolutely. One. You really there don't think be. so? Anti-Semitism is is evergreen. Well, it's your fault because you're the head. Right, gun. exactly. Yeah. You're the figurehead for the no, entire. No, it's just it's out there, and I mean, you've got people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who are talking about George Soros's space yeah, laser gun, and it's not, it's not, but it's not just, just her. There's the that thing throwers. there, you know. I, I, you know, I know. I hate them all. Well, that's that's the proper attitude. Well, maybe let me put we it this need, way. Maybe we need a somebody who's a secret Jew that <laughs> everybody doesn't Jew. like. Steve McQueen would have been great, right? Was he a secret Jew? Uh huh. I didn't know that. See, he was so secret, I didn't even know it. See? There you have it. 
No, I. You would have voted for Steve McQueen. I would have voted for Steve McQueen. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, see everybody in this room. But I, I remember that getting back to Dean Phillips. Remember when he asked me to endorse him? I do. That was what six years ago. Yeah, when he ran for the house, he asked me. He asked through a mutual friend if he could come on the show and asked if I would endorse him. And I said, well, I got to talk to you first. I don't know you and I don't know anything about you. I know your family, mm-hmm. you know, the booze company. Yeah. Um, and he came in and he did the show and he got up and gave me a big hug at the end said, that's going to help so much, Tom. I thank you so much for your endorsement, blah, blah, blah. Got elected. I never heard from him again. <laughs> like, well, what a shock. So you just added him to the list. Huh? What a shock. Yeah. Because there's a few others you never well, heard you from. You got again. that right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just disgusting. one of whom I detested, but um, but then I detest a lot of politicians, so it really doesn't. But matter. he wasn't the Jew that you detested, though, was it? No, I didn't think. so. No, no, I don't know much about Dean Phillips, but I I do know that he vodka's terrible. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it worse? He had a he. You know, he opened up a few coffee shops. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Penny's, Penny's Coffee Shop. I did not know I know that. there was there was one out in, like, Wyzetta or someplace. But he had one in Linden Hills. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, it was great because with all the Dairy Queens around me that, that, that Warren Buffett sold out. Yeah, that he only bought them to sell them, by the way, well, for course, the property. Of Absolutely. course, for the property. And yeah. although, although, I don't know, I, I believed him when he said, you know what? I just have so many warm memories of Dairy Queen as a kid. <laughs> well, I do. And, and that's why well, I do, too. The I have warm memories cone, of them baby. now. But now i got to go to Hopkins to, oh, to get a Dairy Queen. You're on 77th right there by the old Sofitel. Uh, yeah, but I, I can't go there. You can't go there? I no, can't drive there. No because, Jew area? No, I can't drive there. <laughs> oh, I'd, okay, have to, I'd have to drive on a highway. Oh, yeah, you don't want to do that. No, no. The, the state of Minnesota has made it very clear that I am not to drive on a highway. Plus my my uh, various eye specialists, so I got to drive on city streets, and so I have to go to Hopkins. Not that Hopkins is bad. No, Don't get me wrong. wrong with Hopkins. And the Hopkins and the, like 18th Street and 18th and Main Street. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful area. Is that where the Lunds is and all that stuff? No, that's like that's like the the far west. Oh, that's on yeah. seven. That's down by that's the bowling. Right. That's where right. real that's people right. are. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's not in it's not in the gentrified part of Main Street. Yeah. I mean, Hopkins is a very nice place. I like yeah. Hopkins. And Main Street is a very cool place. But the farther you go west, and then you get into sort of little boutique kind of places. Yeah. Right. Which are really cool. That's true. And and you know that's a passing you know some a passing piece of Americana. So I like the Dairy Queen there. But he, according to him, he just had those warm memories of Dairy Queen. It wasn't about the money. No, of course not. No. Just, no, no question. And then he turned around and he sold every everyone that was on a property that was worth anything. That's exactly right. Yep. He yep. did. All right, that's going to do it, pal. So I, I, I can't wait to get off mic so I can find out who he hated. Yeah. He oh, you know who I hate. No, I do not. Oh, somebody, they're calling me right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't know which one you hated. Well... You want to give me the initials? Uh, no. GWB. I, I don't want to say anything bad about the guy right now because he's in terrible health. Oh, I'm oh. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Well, wrap it up, Dougie. All right. Thanks for coming in, Jordan. Absolutely. And it was great to see you guys again. We'll be on air again in a month. First, right, we'll so try to do this the first Thursday of every month. That's what I was just about Next to ask. Next time we'll First like Thursday talk. of every month. <laughs> I know. I, I felt like I had to catch up. And it's like, God, I dragged him all the way up here from... Albert Lee and he only did that because Balvos and it'll never be Thanksgiving because it's the first Thursday of every month. 
That's well, a good you point. would never do a Thursday. You'd never do a Thanksgiving show anyway. Well, I'm just yeah. saying, if you pressured me, oh, you know, bring but, some dinner. Let's in. see. You do you want to come in and eat? do a podcast on Thanksgiving or hang out with your grandchildren? Yeah, there you, you go. You know what? I would settle for the uh, leftovers after Thanksgiving. I had a turkey dinner last night. I literally, I must be getting old because I had to take home about two thirds of it. Really? Oh boy. It was way too much food. Turkey is very filling. My God, there was a was lot this of food. This was at a restaurant? It was indeed. Well, you got to tell me about this. Oh, you'd love it. We'll take you over there one day. Yeah. Indeed. But I can't tell you the name because people think I'm all hoity-toity. Oh, I, okay. Now I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been know. there many times. Okay. With well, my, you, you know, go. with my uh, buddy, the neurologist. Oh, okay. The well, Turkey Emporium? The Turkey Emporium. That's exactly where we were. <laughs> That'll wrap up this month's car selling flagship Ford's car selling secrets if you have any automotive questions needs or anything you can always reach me directly at doug at flagshipford.com